The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. professional wrestling well we like professional wrestling too this is shake them ropes i am jeff hawkins joined as always by chris novembrino and chris we had the return of a wwe legend a man who pops a crowd like no other a guy who the people have been wanting to see since he's been off of our tv screens in quite some time yes that's right chris wild boar mike hitchman is back at nxt uk baby <laughs> It was it was a hot return, <laughs> uh, you know the the crowd. I, I think when you <laughs> when you saw the pan to to the stands, you could really see just how electric it was. Just, just how electric all those media members! Yay! <laughs> that that black cavernous empty arena and the can noise really really illustrated just how over Mike was. I'm happy to have him back. I'm hey, happy. actually, I, I gotta say, like, joke <laughs> aside, you told me to watch that NXT UK show. I bet you weren't sure if I was gonna watch it, but I actually did. And let me tell you, it was totally worth my time. It was a yes. really good episode of NXT UK. It was a really UK. good episode of NXT UK this week. You guys laugh at us when we went into it, and then and then when we stopped talking about it, how come you guys don't talk about NXT UK anymore? I'm just like, okay, fine. Who, who's that this? jobber team that I like? Adam uh, Adam Jones or whatever, or Adam Davies and uh, the smaller guy. Yeah, uh, they had a nice little match against uh, Symbiosis. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, it still feels like it's treading water though. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, no, it's just an hour of television, but it's you, good. I, I left for two uh, two months and I came back and it's the same people doing the same feuds in many ways. Isla Dawn's there. Fighting, make them Mora, yep. Like, okay. Charlie Dempsey's gnarly. I like Charlie watching Dempsey's Charlie. Great, um, yeah. William Regal's kid. Yeah, I, I know. I yeah, know okay. I, know I, I just I, in case some people didn't know that. Yes, that is uh, that is uh, what William Regal's kid. We will be talking a little bit about William Regal on this show. I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, quick news update. We are recording this Friday night after Rampage and after SmackDown. Big E. Got stretched out after a scary belly-to-belly suplex by Ridge Holland. Uh, landed on his head. Broken neck is the is the prognosis. But 
He's in fairly good spirits. If you want, if you go to his social media, he's happy. He can says he, he, he feels decent. He can move all his digits and stuff, but that the doctors are saying they think it's a broken neck. So, wow. Um, (laughs) makes me sort of angry in some ways as to the end of his championship reign. Just a crappy 2022 for old Big E. I was already angry about the end of his championship reign, regardless of this, because it wasn't yeah. like they were getting ready to get him started again or something. Uh, he he was treading water before this, and now this is the sort of thing that will make Vince gun-shy about ever giving him a meaningful push again. Yeah. Well, no, I, I don't know about that. I, I Boy, I, I also think it's somewhat of an indictment of their training and this is like i've liked ridge holland don't get me wrong but this is now injury number three in some ways the first two he caused to himself kind of you know or he hurt himself and then this one he certain other people i just look i'm i'm all for your big jacked up muscle dudes but and these things happen i mean if, if you watch revolution first 30 seconds of eddie kingston chris jericho i thought chris jericho was was paralyzed i did when he landed on his head uh, in the half and half suplex i just you know i know that there are dangers involved in this sport it's just one of those things where it's like maybe that's a movie shouldn't be doing <laughs> you know clumsy people shouldn't be doing throws i mean there are different moves for different size people right yeah. and, and going back to your indictment on training someone should be pulling these bigger guys around and going Okay, when you are having your enhancement matches against the whoop guys of the world, you can toss those guys around a little bit more effortlessly. They're not that heavy. But when you're wrestling in the ring against a guy the size of Big E or Sheamus or Drew McIntyre, you can't just toss them around the same way. Um, You have to make sure you have coordination with the other guy so that they can get over well, I also don't know if Rich Holland is doing actual wrestling on his days off. I know he's working out, still jacked, still vascular, all that other stuff. But now that he's on the main roster, is he still going to a PC three days a week? And even if he's doing that, you know, it's the difference between drills and actual matches and things like that. I mean, I don't, you know. It, it goes back to, to an indictment on their training, though. It's uh, it's not even is about it? I'm Ridge not even, I'm not even sure if it is. That's the problem I'm having here. So, so you're so saying it's Ridge Holland? I'm saying it might have just been a freak accident, too. Okay. I mean... But, but okay. I want to hear your case that it's an indictment on the training. I mean, we have had a number of situations here. Let's talk about Zia Lee. Um, these type of examples yeah. in recent week months and year the last year in nxt where i think people are not actually getting really good training in nxt right now i agree i, yeah. I hardly agree i think they're doing and that anxiety is just off the top of my head but i know there are other people who who i i mean we were talking last week about that insane like air that valentina Ferro's got that i think you and i both thought was kind of questionable in terms of delivery yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It, it's a difference between you know hey they're practicing matches and that's great but there's a difference between that and just you know the old style of hitting the road and doing seven shows a week and just learning and learning and learning how a guy moves and learning how throwing a guy affects them and things like that that you can't get from 
throwing a heavy bag necessarily and things like that. I, I, you know, Nikita Lyons, is she ready for prime time? No. Last, last legend, is she no. ready for prime time? Like, yeah, there's a lot of people right now who are. We're going to not... watch them grow on television. And you're just we're like... going to watch them hurt each other on exactly. television. Yeah. Like, ask, ask Mercedes Martinez yes. how that experience goes. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Uh, the other injury this week, Becky Lynch fractured voice box in a house show in Allentown, Pennsylvania against Bianca Belair. She was off of Raw this week. Uh, still cutting promos in some ways, even with the fractured voice box. But uh, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was the el- I saw a video of it. I wasn't sure if the- it was an elbow or if it was her hair that ended up doing that. You know, that whip with the hair, and she just meant to whip her with the chest. But yeah, um, <laughs> I hope it doesn't. Like- I-, I think she should lift Sammy Guevara's gimmick with the signs and Becky, oh, that'd be great. Yeah, Becky just comes out with like a series of signs. It is like constantly harassing people with signs. She could go back to her pun gimmick and make pun signs. Puns. I was, you know what I was saying? I was thinking like she gets her voice back and it either sounds like Kane or it sounds like she's been smoking like, you know, the voice modulator or, or no, she would totally ape on using the voice box thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of here for that. I'm here for that. I'm very in for that. Or or I kind of hope, you know, number one, you hope it recovers fully because you're always kind of afraid of that. But if it recovers where it sounds like she's been smoking five packs a day for 20 years and she has that kind of grasp with her sense of humor, I think it'd be kind of, kind of amusing in my head for some reason. I don't know why that is, but uh, yeah, I hope, I hope she gets better quick. She shouldn't miss any, she shouldn't miss WrestleMania off of this, but uh, in other news, WWE's board of directors reading here from uh, Brandon Thurston, our friend at WrestleNomics has given Vince McMahon and Nick Khan raises. <laughs> what Vince McMahon's board of well, directors? I mean, they, they've been extremely profitable. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, in the last, the last couple of years here and, Vin- Vince's salary for 2022 will be $2 million. Even in 2021, it was $1.4 million. And uh, this is reading from his tweet. If I understand right, Nick's second equity grant, part of his sign-on agreement disclosed prior as $9 million increases by $7 million to 16 million. Equity grant is a non-cash grant. That means he's probably got $16 million in stock. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the stock is good. It, you know, I feel like the stock price is sort of. I'm shocked it's, that it's been holding over 55. It's, to be it's been holding. Right. Yeah. But I kind of think like it is where it is. I don't think it's going back to where it was. So, yeah, it's, I mean, I'd, I'd rather have 60 million. Bobo, the wonder chimp this week, it tells me he's been holding USO through the reverse split <laughs> and it finally cashed in. And he can finally get out of the dumb thing. But yeah, he, uh, that was pretty good. But uh, going back to the news, new eight-part WWE docu-series WWE Evil coming to Peacock on Thursday, March 24th, executive produced and narrated by John Cena. Episodes are about Hulk Hogan, The Miz, Sasha Banks, Brothers of Destruction, Randy Orton, Stephanie McMahon, Ric Flair, and Roman Reigns. So these are going to be the contrived, ooh, I'm a bad guy (laughs) 
<laughs> I want them to all be damning exposés on every one of the named above. Like, like each one's just the worst skeletons in every one of their closets. I'm kind of here for that, yeah. <laughs> Did you, you hear that Miz once kicked uh, a baby? What? That, well, that Hulk Hogan one's going to be pretty darn uh, long. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think it's 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 Hollywood Hulk Hogan. I'm sorry, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. So it's going to be. Uh, Brother, I was part of the NWO. <laughs> when I was the third man, man, brother. No one saw man. it coming. Yeah, no one saw it coming. And when I hit that leg drop on Randy, oh, those thousands of thousands of people were all in shock. <laughs> just... They say Randy Savage died the next week. Stephanie McMahon coming out. Yeah, you got to make the make the Hulk Hogan incredulous claim that someone dies two weeks after their <laughs> encounter with you. He's done that uh, going through his his like record of lies. Hogan has done that on no fewer than four occasions. Uh, Andre the Giant, Carrie Von Erich, um, the kid who had cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a litany of people. Oh, and Antonio Inoki died in the <laughs> ring, but then survived, but that resulted in the Yakuza coming after Hulk Hogan. So those are four different occasions where an encounter with Hulk Hogan ended in death. I was strapping Owen in. To the heart. <laughs> I shook his hand, brother. We were flying on the plane. Oh, God, we should not be mocking these things, but uh, yeah, it's going to be the same contrived WWE stuff. So whatever. Uh <laughs> Hall of Fame news, both Vader and Sid going in with The Undertaker. The only guy we're missing right now is Dan Spivey to connect all these guys together. Let's get a Wayland Mercy induction in there. Let's do that. But yeah, Vader a little bit sad because, of course, it's a posthumous induction when his family were begging this company, please put him in while he's still living. And Please he was doing appearances, in. doing appearances yes. for the company on a semi-regular basis. Because he had and to like, pay for his cancer treatments. Yep. He was trying to give this company. Well, well, now it's time to celebrate him. Oh, great. Thanks, Vince. Appreciate that. Sid? Sid is Sid, man. I mean, I people trash him for the softball stuff, but I'm like, dude, he had hobbies. He had an interest outside. I, I kind of love it. As I get older I and older, as I get older and older, I'm just like, you know what? Sid kind of rules. He really is the man. Sid is kind of the guy that I'd like Kevin Nash to be <laughs> at times where it's like, it's that same vein though. It's like, I just kind of want to work, get paid, get out of here and go play softball. Cause that's what I find really fun. But you can never, I mean, go watch bash 88. And, and that skyscrapers versus dynamic dudes match. And people want Sid to come in there and murder death. Both when Shane he's Douglas over, and Johnny Ace. When he is over, he is over. And he's so over. He was over when he was a horseman. He was over when he was psycho Sid. He was over when he was Sid Justice. Because he's just big and nasty looking, man. That dude. Just, and intense. Like, there's a yeah. charisma to yeah. Sid Udy, like the eyes, the 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 hair, like all of it sums together to just be more. And like, yeah, of course, we know what the Sid match is like. I'm not yeah. saying the Sid match is any good, but like, dude, that entrance. Oh, he, he killed 
jobbers, man. He both he and Vader, to be honest with you, did it. But yeah, yeah, but the Vader, the Vader jobber kill, like, was great because he, Vader was creative every time. He had yeah. many different ways to murder death a jobber or two yeah. jobbers or three jobbers. Um, and you know, Sid basically would just power bomb them all, maybe a couple of times. Like Vader would like take one have him over his head, toss him at the other one, do Throw a moonsault. outside the ring. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like Vader was a lot of fun to watch do the jobber squash match. It, yeah, he would, but Sid, Sid would throw guys outside the ring and stuff. I think, Hey, when he was younger, he just didn't care about some of the guys too. He didn't have the respect. Hey, I'm getting paid. Screw this. Get out of here. And that was, that was the, what could have been because in the skyscrapers, when, when Sid went down with the punctured lung, they brought in Mark Callis a.k.a. Mark Calloway, a.k.a. The Undertaker, to team with Dan Spivey. But we never got the callous Sid incarnation of the skyscrapers, and that's what everybody wanted when I was a teenager watching. That was like, man, could you imagine the red-haired guy and, the, and Sid as a team? That would be awesome, and we never got that. That's a shame. And, of course, Vader and Sid were part of that uh, white – is that the White Castle of Fear? No, that was Vader and, and Sting, but the uh, – no, they the made the masters video. of the power masters bomb. of the power bomb. Thank you, Chris, for <laughs> my college days are kind of a blur. No, I, 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 have, I have the WCW esoterica down, especially when it's Vader. Yeah. Related. Yeah. yeah. I have like, you know, Vader, it's weird talking about the hall of fame with any degree of seriousness. Cause like, let's keep it real guys. It's just a payday. It's like an event. There's no actual hall of fame for you to go to. Uh, but Vader, I you know, to me, his biggest contribution is carrying WCW through that 93-94 yes. period. Yeah, like oh, no, not 93-94. He was gone by no, then, wasn't he? No, no, 93 is like his year. 93 is like Oh, you're Vader right, you're right, you're right. Because yeah. 95 was when he left, I think. 93, yes. 96. Right, yeah, yeah. Right. And it would have been interesting to see him against the NWO, uh, like as like Sting's ally or whatever. Like Sting and Vader kind of coexist against the NWO. No, and as been... as we talked about, the coolest time was when they're starting to do that proto rick rude babyface turn right before he had the back injury yep. on the ramp where he was yeah. gonna fight vader and you're like rick rude and vader man I'm, I'm in for that yeah shut up and take my money no there, there were a lot of good matches and then obviously you know wwf when they got vader vince just did not like pushing vader after after the gorilla monsoon thing Vader got injured. No, this is the click. The, the click really the click. did Vader in. No, no, no. Right, right. So there's like two discrete moments that really did Vader in. First, there's the Gorilla Monsoon in, like injury angle that yeah. also injured Vader. And so then they had to take Vader off TV. And then there is the Vader and Michaels pairing. Yeah. And Michaels yeah. just absolutely refused to like lose the belt, job to Vader, didn't like that Vader had bad hygiene issues, didn't like the Vader work stiff, just didn't like ever showing any ass to anyone, didn't like ever putting anyone over, not unlike Hogan. Um, and so like Vader's the worst thing that ever happened to Vader is that it's like the one, two punch of working with Hulk Hogan and then working with Shawn Michaels, yeah. two guys who absolutely would never give you anything. A kid to NXT, Roddy strong to NXT UK. Yeah. But what do we think a kid's new name is going to be? I have a couple of ideas. Let me throw them at you. <laughs> we got here. Check it out. Check it out. I've been thinking about this. I, I spent a lot of time. Jose. Okay. Don't like Jose. That's fine. That's fine. How about Miguel? Okay. All right. Fine. Esteban. 
Louise. This, this might be going over people's heads now. So let's, Louis, let's you got you got Gunther, you got, you got Butch. Butch. <laughs> and so I'm just saying you get a step on and that that's that's fun. That's it's uh, multicultural wait, too. Everyone, wait, yeah, hold yeah. on, come come in here, Bruce Blair. How are you saying that name? Esteban. It's Esteban. Damn it, Esteban. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and then and then a kid has a guitar next week. Oh, he's El Mariachi. No, like like Esteban, the guitar player who oh, sells okay. the crappy guitars. Oh, oh, I, oh man, that's a deep pull. I'd forgotten about that dude. You can still find his amps and stuff floating around Craigslist. They're crappy. <laughs> Uh, Maven announced for Joey Janela's Spring Break Six. I'm here for that. Whatever Maven's gonna do in the independent scene Why is not? great. Other independent bookings of note that I'm kind of into: FTR with Loverboy Dennis Condry seconding them, taking on the Wolves, Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards at ASW Wrestling in Beckley, West Virginia, on June 11th. Shut up and take my money. I'm here for the. FTR indie tour where it looks like now post dynamite that they're just going to be, uh, they're going to be bringing in some of their idols to be seconding them as opposed to Tully Blanchard. We'll talk a little bit more about that segment. I think when, when we get to the lazy river, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here for, for, uh, for FTR versus the wolves. I think that'll be a fun match. Yeah. I look, uh, I, I'm intrigued by where FTR is going, although we can get into more when we get into the Lazy River. Well, it won't be the Briscoes, uh, unfortunately. That uh, fightful reporting that uh, AEW doesn't have any interest in them due to Jay Briscoe's tweets from 2013 because nobody changes in nine years. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, there's uh, th- those have stood still in that now they're they're their role in ROH might be up in the air, but we'll see about that. But uh, title changes of note. Ricochet is your new intercontinental champion from last week. Didn't get to that during the show. Our apologies. RK bro, your raw tag team champions, Dolph Ziggler, your NXT champion and Scorpio sky, your TNT champion. Yeah. I want to apologize to listeners for (laughs) not talking about Ricochet getting the title last week. I I think Honestly, this really changes his trajectory in the company. You're such a jerk. No, this is the start <laughs> of something, Hawkins. This is this is the beginning, not not just like a little blip and not a bump in the road. Uh, I, I I would suspect that next WrestleMania, we're talking about Ricochet Mania. It is rumored that Dolph Ziggler is the NXT champion because Braun Breaker is on his way to the main roster. Well, Dolph Ziggler is the NXT champion. No one's rumoring that. Well, uh, no, 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 that, no. I said, and I, I get what you're. I get what you're saying. Okay, I'm, just, I'm being complicated, Hawkins. Uh, I think <laughs> it makes sense that they want to move Breaker up to the main roster. They've been trying him out for a minute here, and you know, uh, he's at least as ready as Rich Holland. <laughs> oh, that popped me. Uh, ratings this week: AEW Dynamite, nine hundred forty-five thousand viewers. 0.40 in the demo, 560,000. WWE NXT Roadblock, 613,000, 0.13, 176,000 in the demo. Half a million old people are watching this show. What? Anyways, it's their high, yet it's their highest in the demo since January 25th and highest total viewership since February 1st. It was senior night on USA Network, apparently. WWE Raw, 1.775 million viewers. 
0.45 in the demo. Lowest on USA since January 17th. SmackDown, 2.261 million, 770,000 in the demo. It's a freaking... SmackDown's killing it, kids. I don't, I mean, compared to these other shows of this, Rampage, 545,000 viewers, 0.22, 287,000 in the demo. Any any thoughts? That NXT uh, number blew me away. 613,000. There's like 500,000, half a million old people watching Roadblock. Yeah. Uh, and I just continue to wonder if those are just televisions that are on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, like, are, are there really half a million old people who, who love NXT like that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, the rampage numbers, the like the AEW numbers I have to be a little bit frustrating for the company. I would think uh, so. Yeah. It's the, the product is pretty solid across the board here. And like rampage to not be picking up momentum. Um, Friday's a death spot though. Friday it, at 10 it's PM. Tough. It's tough, but they're not holding their audience. Uh, you know, they, they had, they had more people and like, I mean, you're now what they, you said 541. Um, that's, that's pretty low. Uh, and what rampage rampage yeah. is 545,000. Yeah. 545,000. Yeah. That's, that's pretty low compared to where they've been. I think they're uh, going to have elevated numbers next week. Cause they're on after the NCAA tournament. So you'll just have TVs that are on then. How did dynamite do again? Uh, Dynamite had, hold on here. Let me find the number here. 945,000. It's not bad. And over, like, and over half of those were in the demo. In the demo. I mean, like that's the saving grace for Dynamite, right? But like yes. you, you still, you still, if you're AEW, hoping to keep it above 1 million at this point. Um, and so, I, I don't know. Uh, and, and then SmackDown, it's, it, I, think that it's the network um i i'm interested what the lead-in to smackdown does um because i it's, it's local I it's local syndication i don't understand how smackdown could do so many more viewers than nxt or like or like <laughs> raw do so you know what i mean like i get no. that there's some degree of a drop-off but bro broadcast is easier to get than cable it always has been yeah, but like, what, how was raw numbers? Was raw numbers compared to NXT? Raw? Oh, compared to NXT? Yeah. Oh, it's 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 one point one million more. It's about uh, it. Uh, this is one like one point six. Yeah, one point seven, one point eight, one point seven, one point seven. That's still that's a massive hemorrhage. Yeah, and they and they've been featuring these NXT guys on Raw. Uh, you're you're not you're not even getting one third of your audience to cross over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's 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 what I'm saying. Like, like, like there, there are real, there's real disconnects with this company, and like this NXT product just it stings. I'm I'm gonna make a judgment call here and not put this in the lazy river because we've already mentioned it here. But yes, to end the news segment, Pete Dunn has made his debut on the on the SmackDown roster as Sheamus and Ridge Holland's friend Butch, wearing wearing. <laughs> Wearing the Newsies English page boy outfit. We're pretty sure it's a pull from the little rascals. I have not asked for confirmation of the, on that, but I think it's a pull from the little rascals character. Just a half a step above saying, shine your shoes, governor. <laughs> I want him to have a shine box, Chris. I want this character to have a shine box. And then, and then they can shove him and go, butch, 
get your shine box. And he gets angry. Go get your shine box. And he starts beating up people because of it. I, I don't know. I just, Gunter. You, you know what's fun, Hawkins? Butch. Veer's still coming. Yes. Ladies love Veer. Let, let me tell you something, Hawkins. Do you know when the first Little Rascals cartoon was made? 1937? Mm. How close was I? 22. Holy mackerel. It is a 100-year-old pull. <laughs> I want Butch to come out on a quarter penny bicycle. Oh, oh the ones with the big wheels in the front? Yes. Yeah, and okay. his entrance needs to be in black and white. He could do the old vaudevillian yeah. theme. Black and white and like yeah, yeah, yeah. The vaudevillians, the vaudevillians, yeah. Yeah. The uh what was the lower frame rate too? Yeah. Yeah, I just I'm like you look at Pete Dunn and you look at all the things he's done in NXT, NXT UK as a champion in war games matches. What uh, is the point you of look this like, you NXT look like a, title? You look, you look like a butch. <laughs> what is like the a... point of this NXT title? Uh, the, same thing with Gunther. If you're going to do these massive programs, these prestige programs where you have, uh, I'll circle back around to that in a second. You have these prestige programs where Pete Dunn, Walter, like face all of these different people multiple times, high profile matches, extended times. These are like four and five star matches on a regular basis. You build equity into these wrestlers only to bring them to the main roster and give them a nothing burger name, a name that dresses them down. Because many, it's, yes. it's Jeff, it's impossible to imagine intrigue, excitement at the same level for Walter and Pete Dunn if it's Gunther versus Butch. Like, yeah, like I, I, mean, I can't they, wait to see Gunther face Butch again in the rematch. WWE superstar Butch. Not, <laughs> not, not. Butch Franklin or some other name, Butch. Butch. Also the name of a bushwhacker, by the way. But, but just uh, what? Uh, look, the the note I got was, look, you you have to take the ride that the old man that the crazy old man gives you, and he's gonna get a WrestleMania payday out of this. So that's a good thing. But at the same time, it's like, dude, I'd be brushing up my resume. Because, I mean, he might stick around for a while, but. No, this is a brand hurting devil. Yes. Cesaro, you know, the land of the one name euros. Other than Seamus, who's tall. Like, this is a little guy. Look like that little rascal. (laughs) Cesaro might get renamed Swiss here soon enough. (laughs) And, of course, we have to put all the Europeans in a faction together. Because, you know, they're all friends. Yeah, of course. <laughs> they're all from the same part of the general map. Basically Why would the same Pete country. Dunn, you know, they probably walk down the street and run into each other in those small, tiny third world nations in the <laughs> UK. <laughs> what, is, what is that crazy old man thinking? This guy's a killer. And he called him Butch. <laughs> 100 year old reference or 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 it's uh, the other the other the other reference i can think of is the old bulldog from the tom and jerry cartoons which isn't this is only about 15 years old but younger 
and that you know the bowler and the sweater type thing hey butch we gotta go out yeah and- but that that's more the big bully big bully Busick. yeah 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 odd because that's how that was the reference i was going to use when i was going to talk about ridge holland was he has two left feet like oh no that that's bruiser bedlam i was thinking bruiser bedlam's the guy who had uh, two big bully Busick kind of had two left feet too yeah yeah <laughs> unfortunate. great mustache though got like a premier mustache stunning mustache hall of fame mustache if we if wrestling mustaches had a hall of fame him steiner harley race Triple H's homage. Yeah, there's there's plenty of plenty of mustache. Dan Severn, I think, would probably go in there. Good guy. Ole Anderson. Yeah. Oh, Severn for sure. The the yeah. mustache on Severn's pretty epic. All right, enough of this nonsense. I'm closing up the news desk. Chris, tell us about HelloFresh. Okay. So HelloFresh is our sponsor this week, and HelloFresh uh, is. A deliverer of pre-portioned ingredients to your door, including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week so that you get convenience without skimping on quality. Skip the trip to the grocery store, saving you the wait in the long weekday lines and ensuring that you don't waste money on excess food. HelloFresh will cut back on the time that you spend in the kitchen so that you can spend it on other things like being nice to me, Jeff for a change um, because now you have your meals ready in 30 minutes or less. Uh, You'll get quick and easy meals, including 20 minute recipes and low prep and easy cleanup options. So that if you have miscreant cats who try to ruin your life, (laughs) you can clean up quickly and then scurry off to your designated eating spot where your cats can't harass you. Um, And that'll provide an even faster route to putting food on the table or my, in my case, in my closet where I eat free from the cats. And don't forget dessert. You can satisfy your sweet tooth with seasonal limited time goodies like Dunkaroos, cookie dough, or vanilla delight cheesecake. Um, so I we did have HelloFresh here not that long ago. Hawkins and I both enjoyed it. Um, I, I actually, I'll tell you what, what's going on right now, like l- literally as we were taping this. Upstairs, I've got the crock pot going. Um, in my food bunker um, that is you know, free from the cats. And I, I used what I had left over from that Tuscan spice, that Tuscan heat spice that we got with the uh, mozzarella chicken, Hawkins. Mm-hmm. Loved, I love that. I like, like I, I, I had the, like the first little thing of the packet and I made like the dish and then I was like, nah, I got to save this other packet. This thing's great. Um, so I was saving it and I, I'm using it again. So you end up getting ingredients. You'll have stuff left over um if you're someone like me who, who tends to spice up dishes and play around with different things and it's fun and exciting to cook um we got a great offer here for you all here it, hawkins likes to say vow 16 i don't say vow 16 i say vow 16 um that's the code though so you'll go to hellofresh.com slash vow 16 16, or as Hawkins likes to say, Val, 16. Um, and that'll get you up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Uh, remember, that's HelloFresh.com slash Val16. <laughs> HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Always a good ad read when Chris buries his host during. <laughs> we thank HelloFresh for the sponsorship. Now, time for the patented, amazing, stupendous even. Uh, God, they love the word stupendous, don't they? Like uh, th- Lazy, the advertisements, the advertisements, la- Hawkins. Stupendous. 
lazy <laughs> river of wrestling criticism anything we watched and there was a lot to watch this week anything that comes to mind about the world of wrestling chris and i are just gonna talk about what we want to talk about until we can't talk no more about it and as is tradition here after a large pay-per-view i was gonna say big pay-per-view but for some reason i said large pay-per-view kind of large revolution aew style um I'm not done with stupendous yet, Hawkins. You are? Okay, go. No, I think this is, it's really funny that WWE's marketing team has centered in on stupendous, not just like as a buzzword for this WrestleMania campaign, but like as the marquee word to describe this particular WrestleMania. It's not just the thing commentary says. They've made entire advertisements that is just like a montage people like pat uh mcafee and stuff going stupendous and then the word stupendous yeah like yes he's clowning them they're using it unironically and then like the word stupendous is emblazoned on the screen like this is not a word that's in the vernacular in any way and when you say stupendous it's almost like kind of cheesy and quaint like oh it's it's nifty. Like if you said it was the most nifty WrestleMania ever or something. We can't call it great. Can't call it excellent. We need a It's going to be bopping. No, like <laughs> it's it, bopping. It, come on, stop. Stop. Yeah, you know, it's like a band or quadrennial. They can't say normal words, so you know. What sounds like stupid that we could they, They're there. always they are always normal adjacent, just like Gunther and Bush. They're like almost normal sounding names. They're adjacent to normal, but not quite there. Now we were gonna get into Revolution. Hawkins, quit distracting us. Let's get to the let's get to the meat and potatoes here. I enjoyed Revolution. I thought it was a fun watch, although five hours? Pretty long damn pay-per-view. I get it. I'd love for them to just say not everybody can be on and do everything. You know, the jam band was strong on this pay-per-view, but it was still a lot of fun. I'll just, I'll run down some quick thoughts because I do a, you know, I do an AEW show. I did an AEW post show over at Fight Game. You near my hot takes there, but I thought the three-way tag title match over-delivered in so many ways between Young Bucks, uh, I almost called him Young Dragon, Red Dragon and the Jurassic Express. I really thought that uh, Luchasaurus, really brought his a game for the for this one didn't you know the usual time when he gets tired or, or he's you know as he goes he's trying to do too much in terms of the spots he starts getting a little sloppy i thought he was really oh look kingston jericho fantastic brawl type match to open it up and as i said before thought somebody had died 30 seconds in which always makes for an interesting pay-per-view start uh the dog collar match you know became a story match versus a quote unquote brawl match after a while thought there was a lull in the middle there of about of a few minutes. My one gripe about it was that uh, if you have a dog collar match, you don't need anything else like thumbtacks. That drives me nuts. Just make the dog chain more violent. That's all you need to do for it. But I liked the word low turn. Thought that was very, very well done. Brian and Mox, of course, fantastic regal coming out playing dad to the straight a student and the adopted kid who's a juvenile delinquent it's just fantastic comedy right there i i I adored that and uh the main event really my only oh uh, forgot uh the six-man tornado 
was actually my favorite match of the night because it was just chaos the entire time. Stings jumping off a balcony, <laughs> which is insane. I, I liked it because it felt like an old ECW arena type of type of six man tag. But the main event was fine. I think it was overpraised by a lot of people. I think they definitely did not uh, did not anticipate the quote unquote what I like to, to call the dusty moment of karmic retribution, where he took the belt and tied Adam Cole's wrist around the top rope. They started booing that, and then the Dark Order comes down and he shoves Alex Reynolds. Seemed a little heelish there when you're trying to get over him as a top baby face. I just, I, I thought that those, that really kind of took me out of the energy of the match quite a bit. That's why I kind of under, I, I under, I don't do star ratings like my friends do and stuff like that, but it's like, well, it didn't, it didn't hit me like it should have for a main event world title match because of those things. For some reason, it's just the characterization to me was a little sloppy on that part. Um, your thoughts or anything that I said that uh, tickled your fancy on that. All right, I, I guess I'll do a match by match here then. Um, so I thought that the Chris Jericho Eddie Kingston match was Chris Jericho's best match in an extremely long period of time. I'm with uh, you there. I, I really was am. really surprised. I don't care for him. Um, I mean, I think his instincts uh, around the matches and stuff are always questionable. Um, like, you know, this story's not firing on all cylinders do they ever but that match that was a really darn good match uh the aew world tag team championship i thought that jungle boy luchasaurus ended up looking really good in this match and and even though it was of course about red dragon and the young bucks uh, i i think that jungle boy and luchasaurus had a strong enough showing there that it ended up still being a good showcase for them sneak sneaky uh entertaining was the fact that uh, Bobby Fish was way too close to a microphone at all times. He was basically doing commentary for the first half of the match. I would pay an extra dollar for Bobby Fish mic'd up during a match. That's how uh, good he was. Face of the Revolution ladder match. Uh, a little little WWE for yeah. me. Um, you know, Wardlow winning fine with uh, a lot of uh, moving pieces in the Wardlow story here. Um, I, I'm fine with him getting the ring here. Uh, over well, over over Keith Lee um I probably would have actually honestly given what we're now doing with Wardlow I probably would have given the Keith Lee like if you're having Wardlow get out of his contract you're sort of stealing my thunder here from the CM Punk match that's fine let's talk about the three beats of Wardlow then you have Wardlow winning this ring then we get to the CM Punk match where like he gives the ring to Punk and like breaks up with MJF Right. That's not given time to breathe. Then he comes out and basically announces this. I want to just be out of my contract thing. Yeah, that's not really given time to breathe. So looking back to it, if you're going to do this whole, I want to get out of my contract, WWE meta commentary sort of thing, then really someone other than Wardlow should have won the face of the revolution ladder match because right now Wardlow's got his business, got a lot on the line for the contract or whatever um yeah. I, you know yeah so like a little too much probably would have put it put it on keith lee now or, li or at least space it out a bit those beats of the story absolutely yeah um then we had uh jade car crash uh versus tay conti this was 
weakest match on the show. Um, like still the, not bad, not Chris, bad. The best women's match on this show was on the pre-show. Yes, I agree. Um, I I did not think that Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker delivered, but like I thought that that was just due to overbooking. Jaden, yeah. Jaden Tay Conti, like it just it was what it was. Um, like. I mean, you can enjoy the gesticulations and stuff or whatever, but like the actual between the ropes, eh, come on guys. Um, CM Punk versus MJF. What a great match this was. This yeah. is like a really good match. I'm with you on the, you don't need extra Hazari if you've already got a dog collar in there. Just tie him up, like come up with new creative spots at the dog collar. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I mean, just just a really great intense match. Um, love the callbacks. Reward you for paying attention to the previous matches. Um, just just a really great match. Really uh, great match. Yeah. yeah, like you know, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa already kind of went into that. I just too much stuff going on here. You don't need Jamie Hader and uh, Rebel like like one too many times with that. And and all of this is basically to stall things off so that you can have Thunder Rosa beat Britt Baker in San Antonio. But now you've really given away the finish to that match. Yeah. Like, so that's my problem here. Um, John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. Fun match, but now let us talk about the finish here, Hawkins. Everyone's thrilled about Regal coming out, uniting with John Moxley and Brian Danielson. Uh, they're making a new team. What the hey? It's going to be a lot of fun. Regal's doing a promo. A lot of fun. Love the Regal promo. Warms your heart. Great to see him back in the ring. You're rooting for William Regal. What's the is Okay. Hold on. Hold. If you would just, I sit and listen to you go through an entire card. You can't let me get through two matches without stepping on everything and trying to ruin my thunder. <laughs> this is for the Hello Fresh. Thing, the butt. So. <laughs> the butt is your large butt getting in my way every time I'm trying to make a, a fantastic gem of a okay. point, Hawkins. Here we go. Go ahead. Yeah. The butt is that this is an absolute concession that Brian Danielson as a heel, as the evil mastermind, the 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 guy who's going to turn all the young guys or whatever, that incarnation didn't work. And that ultimately what works best for Brian Danielson is him as a baby face. And that this whole heel push for Brian Danielson did not actually work all that well. It never really clicked. He's fun. There's certain things about this new character and his new match style that you can authentically enjoy. I enjoy it too. It's a it's a nice change of pace from his straight babyface match style. But now that he's settled into this tag team with Moxley and Regal, he's going to absolutely be a tweener trending towards face. The crowd's never going to let these guys be earnest heels. Um, and there's not actually even good people in, on the AEW roster for them to work earnestly heel against, which means at the end of the day, Brian Danielson as a heel, it didn't work. Oh, and one last thing about Jade Cargill. Um, a lot of people love Jade Cargill, Hawkins. Um, here's the thing about Jade Cargill. Uh, the, the biggest defenders of her will say, you know, Chris, you dink. Uh, he's not, she's not very good. Well, actually, I think she's good, but you don't think she's very good. But she's training on the job. Remember when they used to come at me about Red Velvet? And when I said that Red Velvet should have beat Britt Baker, not because, like, Red Velvet was necessarily championship material but because like she was ready at that particular moment in that feud against Britt Baker yes. like if it's gonna fly if if you're okay with it with Jade Cargill you should have been okay with it six months ago with uh Red Velvet honestly um anyways uh moving on here in the card I- I'm not done Hawkins um and then we get to uh the the tornado tag 
Uh, dude, Sting rules. Like, yes. If, yes. If, if you are not, if, if like people, if you're not loving Sting, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Uh, like you're not, you don't actually enjoy professional wrestling. He says this, this guy's amazing. Like he, he's, he's just this last stage in his career is as exciting to watch as any of the other phases of his career. And it's really crazy to say you that. You know about a what it is for man. me? This is modern day crazy Terry funk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's almost more than that because like I could get excited for sting doing one last title chase sort of thing against like an MJF, like, like this Sting can still Ooh. work at a level that entertains a title. I'm not saying belt Sting. I'm okay. saying I'm what I am saying is Sting still works at a level that could absolutely be entertaining at a main event program level. Okay. Yeah. I I, I don't, you know, like you do you need a little bit of smoke and mirrors? Sure, absolutely. But like, dude, he's such a joy. He always gets up for these big yes. matches. Yeah, he always does. Um, and then the main event. Um, I'm with you. I do not feel like Colin page delivered. And this is, this is my, like, I guess my, my third, ha, huh, uh, I guess I told you so sort of moment with like page, which is for months on this show, you and I have been talking about, and, and like, we're sort of a minority opinion in the yes, wrestling right. commentary that Adam page as a baby face is not really clicking with this audience. Um, it, it's something is just not hitting there. And, you know, I, I think it's easy to sort of dismiss us as like kind of weirdo oddball opinions and rightfully so. You're but, old. <laughs> oh, no. Or, or just like, like, you know, like, I mean, me, I just, you know, I'm, I'm odd, you know, like I, I have my, you know, sort of esoteric way of looking at all this stuff. But that moment where what should have been karmic comeuppance that everyone was ecstatic about uh, seeing Adam Page get his revenge, uh, I'm sorry, Adam Page get his revenge on Adam Cole, got met with abject hostility. And that was not designed to be a no. double turn spot. It was absolutely like, you You could say that there were supposed to be little flashes with the pushing off Alex Reynolds thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, sure. But that spot was not meant to be it. That little tie up Adam Cole thing. No, people sh were supposed to be excited to see Adam Cole. And like, they should have been excited when he hit the buckshot and everything like that. And it, they were not. It would have been karmic retribution if for weeks they had been tying him up to the ropes and doing that. They did it on the go home show for a quick because they hotshotted that whole two-minute program, two-minute thing at the end of the night, and you're supposed to then cheer for him when he gets revenge on it. No, this is something you need to build. What, was was there all of three weeks to build that program? If like, you had tied when, him up for no, three when, weeks, when, no. When did Cole first come out and say, "I'm not going to challenge you," and then have Red Dragon attack him? Was that three weeks ago? I think so. Yeah, they, I mean, this is your world title program. Your world title, I, I, I'm not blaming this all on Adam Page. I want to be clear. Yeah. I want to be really clear on this. I think, especially you hear the guy talk, you watch the guy's matches. There's clearly stuff like this guy can connect with an audience. This is presentation. And I feel like time and again, 
Page has been set up to fail. I don't like, I'm not saying this is like an inside job on Adam Page, but like the Danielson program, you paired Adam Page with a heel who is not really clicking as a heel. People were more excited to see just Danielson kick people's ass than they were to see Adam Page beat Danielson. Um, you have him go up against Lance Archer, a guy that no one thought he was going to beat. And then you have him sort of get jump started into a program against Adam Cole, the resident cool heel who has been presented as the cool heel who is also presented on screen as the boyfriend of the other cool heel um women's champion Britt baker dmd uh like like <laughs> you, you send adam page into this meat grinder he's not even close friends with the dark order like time and again your way of adding intrigue to this babyface character is you make him a shithouse friend to his friends like that's the go-to characterization move for adam page I don't how was Adam supposed to connect with us as a baby face and don't tell me that this whole time was just to slowly cool him down for a heel turn no he was supposed to be a baby face champion this was supposed to be a baby face push it has not worked when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, the thing is, I don't, I don't think he'd be a good heel either. I'm, I'm gonna say that. No, I, no, they're gonna bring him back to the conflicted crap that they had him yes, with with Omega, and he's gonna yes. get stalled out again. We're That's exactly. So, he's so gonna go back to days of our crap. stuff. Yeah, he's gonna start drinking again. I mark my words. He's gonna start drinking again. He's gonna have a world title match drunk, Hawkins. He's gonna lose the title drunk. He's gonna be Jeff Hardy. Maybe he loses to MJF drunk. That's how he loses the belt. Oh my God. That would be the worst. Oh, it would. They had 25% chance they do it. I think they're going page punk. I I think so too. You saw punk do the little belty poo. Yeah. Yeah. Thing like, and, 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 if they should turn him before the punk match, because if they don't turn him before the punk match, the punk match is going to turn him. Speaking of all this, let's go. Let's let's go over to Dynamite, which was a <laughs> stuffed sandwich of a show. They put on a world title match without any announcement whatsoever, except at like five p.m. Oh, we're gonna have Dante Martin and Adam Page. Okay, great. Um, and then yeah. more inconsistent characterization there at the end of the match, where like he. I think if you're going to start pivot into Paige being a heel, at the end of the Dante Martin match, Paige shouldn't have done anything heelish to Martin. But I don't he should healing him. I don't think they're healing. No, him, I, 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 I. Then they had him. Well, but then like he sort of apologized. You know, I know. I don't know what the hell they're doing because they had him apologize to Dark Order, but then like he sort of didn't make them his ta- like you know like he didn't actually go full baby on that either. Like yeah. if you were at, no, you, no, you, no, you, you, you'd be like ten and. You know, Silver, you guys are my tag team partners. That that segment was so poorly staged, and I'll tell you why. Because Reynolds, Alex Reynolds needed to be the guy front and center there. Not not John Corpse and Silver. Silver. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Doing his little comedy shtick there. It needed to be, I needed a a sincere apology to Alex Reynolds. I'm sorry it happened to me. And then they, 
okay, first of all, Adam Cole comes out and they go, let's have a, let's have a, I want, I want the title. I want the title. I want the title. Cool. Let's have a six man next week. And it's like, no, you want the title. Go after the title. So we get that and all the drama, all the drama in this is who's going to pick who for what team or whatever. You leave that till next week. You don't announce it five minutes later where he goes, I I ran into the Jurassic Express in the hallway and I said, blah, blah, blah. And if you're going to do that, but this whole drama around the partners, it distracts from the belt, right? Like if you want to have, if you want to have a drama around the partners angle, don't have it centered around your main belt. But even worse, it's like I ran into Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy and they want a piece of the Bucks. Okay, whatever. Why? Then you, ju- then you just leave it at that and you walk away and you don't do the silver. Hey, Anna and I could be your tag team partners. Waka, waka, waka. I, you know, I, I found like- I found the Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy thing, though, to be a real sloppily no, placed. It's, Mac- it's- no, hold on, hold on. It's a sloppily placed MacGuffin in the sense that Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus just beat Red Dragon and the Young Buck. It like it would make so much more sense if they had lost the titles at the pay-per-view for them to want to pair with Adam Page than it does fresh off a victory over them. Yes. And but the entire story between Page and Cole is is Adam Cole gonna pick the Bucks or is he gonna pick Red Dragon? And then Adam Page should pick the other team. That's the story here. And we we now we put in Luchasaurus and jungle boy in it and you're like and we and we and we give away who cole's picking an hour later with that vignette and you're just like and then the young bucks we're, we're supposed to love them all of a sudden when they've been heels for months <laughs> like, like I, I i hate i have real contempt for the oh you just love the young bucks don't you sort of thing that like AEW does. There's just like an aw shucks quality. I, I get it. They're the vice presidents of the company or whatever. But what I'm complaining about is they have been working as heels and not just heels, like mocking heels. Ones who like go to great lengths to like poke fun at their babyface opponents for the last several months here. And the, I guess, one redeeming character grace or the thing that like, We've always been wishing for them, I suppose, to them for them to turn babyface again and rejoin Adam Page, except that that's not actually a seed that was ever really meaningfully planted other than in the moment where they turned their back on Kenny Omega. I, I just feel like the babyface intrigue of the Young Bucks is extremely unearned. And and they have maybe love, of, of course, inside of the core fan base who are just going to be on involved in whatever the Click 2.0 wants to do here. But I, I think for the average fan, you know, wh- why would you all of a sudden like want the Young Bucks to be aligned with Adam Page when they have not actually been very good people for the last several months? But they gave him the look when he won the title. <laughs> it's like, okay, whatever. That's uh, your I mean, long-term and, storytelling? Great. And, and, yeah, and, and in that moment, how am I supposed to process that? Is is that look... Yes. H- how much does that mean? Because, like, that, yes, they could have stopped Adam Page from winning the title, but they didn't. So does that mean that Adam Page won the title as his own man? Or that he didn't win the title as his own man, and therefore it was really significant that the Bucks did that. Do you want to continue in Dynamite, or do you want to take a refresher away from it and then come back to it? No, let's continue on Dynamite. Okay, so we we have two two different. I mean, it, it seems like we've now broken up the pinnacle and we've broken up the inner circle in in 
in various Boy, segments. the pinnacle breakup, though, was just in this, like, fragmented, incomplete way and, and it very unsatisfying with yes. MJF not featured on television in either of the two segments. You can sort of make this case for dramatically withholding him from the Wardlow segment, although it really beggars belief, especially when you have Tully Blanchard also leaving. Like, MJF's entire empire is crumbling while he's away from TV for an entire week here. Let's take the good. Wardlow is a damn good promo in terms of being able to talk. Maybe not with the content necessarily, but he can hold your attention throughout an entire, even if it's a little bit of an expository promo in some ways. It's, it was very much kind of a Drew McIntyre type of promo. Some people say that the, adversity. The, the, story, the story is not very good, but he has a good delivery. Yes, he does. Yeah. And it's a shockingly good delivery uh, yes. for me. And that, that's, that holds well. Now for the poor. Flags at half-mast, kids, because I'm very, very sad about the Tully Blanchard FTR breakup. I'm even more sad that it was so poorly done. Uh, look, Ryan Baxel are- had a better breakup than the FTR <laughs> Tully breakup. Get the story that wrestling used to mean any everything, and now it's family. But th- this is this is the Horseman Oli breakup where. Tully Blanchard, you want to go spend time with your family? Screw your family. You're here to win championships. I have a family. I have a daughter kind of thing. You need to invoke that a little bit, but it wasn't well delivered. FTR is the team that needs a manager, in my opinion. I think Tully's done a good job. There's rumors they may bring in Bret Hart. I think that's, eh. (laughs) you know, if they're going to do classic guys coming in for short runs, that's fine. But get a guy in his 20s or 30s who can take a bump for you and who can talk for you if, if you're going to do that. But just the delivery of family and then cash coming in and Tully wasn't able to earn the the anger in that whole promo. I just, I, I hated it. I really did. I hate it. Not, not just for the end, but just because you know Tully can bring it. Tully could make FTR angry at him if he wanted to in the promo because he did it all the time. He did it with Spears for God's sakes. He was a goofball at the time. He pissed him off in a promo. And it was fantastic. Let, if this is Tully's swan song, let Tully go out being Tully for God's sakes. The Weasley opportunistic doesn't care about anybody but himself type of guy. Yeah. I think you also need to have either Dax or cash stand up to Tully verbally. So like yeah. you need Tully to try to cut down Dax or Cash, maybe say something like, look, uh, your daughters are going to grow up looking at their fathers who who can't win a championship, who haven't won a championship in 15 yes, years, yes. something like that. And then what, like what he, what he did for the Ole Anderson angle where he goes, you want to go your, your snot nosed kid or whatever, just just that little triggering adjective to get the anger in there. Yeah. So, you know, something about them being losers. Daddy's a loser. Uh, and, and, you know, you're going to teach your kids how to be losers, just like you. Um, and you know, that, that sets off Dax or cash or both of them and and, and they, they unite around that. And that becomes like sort of a defining moment for them. I think it's important in that moment, especially if you're going to have them go managerless for a minute here, this is where they need to say something that really connects with the audience. And, And I don't think that that moment necessarily happens so cleanly. I I think they could have done that a little bit better. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about like the rotating cast of managers and senseis that feels a little 
like uh, MSK with Matt Riddle or whatever. <laughs> um, I, I think I've seen that movie and I, I think it only has limited returns. I would love it if Tully got to bring in another team. Like maybe he does manage Brock Anderson and Lee Moriarty for a while, <laughs> take him off of Arn's hands and turns him to the dark side. Um, but if it's a swan song, I had fun watching it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, it would be interesting to see Tully as like MJF's manager. Yeah. I think they'd make a great duo. Yeah, they actually would. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe that's the answer here. Is it like, you know, you have Tully managing MJF and then Sean Spears is there as the goober. I can take that. And then we had, uh, the Jericho appreciation society. What a name. I mean, just catchy, just catchy. Now, 75% of this turn, I enjoyed the hell out of because I liked toned down Chris Jericho. I thought this was the best acting of his career. Mr. Groundlings play it big sketch comedy guy being sincere. I bought into it for a while. I, and when they came out to do the, when they came out to do and when they threw him down and it was the, oh, I'm just going to put my knee on you for a little bit. I go, okay, now it's on. I thought that was very clever. And, and Jericho grabbing his neck and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I don't like, I don't like, I want, I don't want Jericho to be the head of the stable. I want Daniel Garcia to be the head of the stable. And I want Jericho to be the old guy holding on for relevancy. I like that they toughened up 2.0. I think that's a good move on their part. Is there a fifth? Oh, Hager. Let me let me talk about Hager because he's the twenty five percent that just sucked in this for for a couple of reasons. No, 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 no. Hawkins, the acting during that existential crisis. Yes, that's but, what uh, I'm about uh, to talk uh, it about. Was beautiful. It was he beautiful. has he has a three powerful. Beats, he has a three beat storyline he has to go to, and he got through it in a in a second and a half because he was probably afraid that he was taking too much time and he didn't take enough time to the point where he did it so clownishly that what like are you doing? Yes. You come out and you go, you're panicking because your group is disintegrating in front of your eyes. And then you're supposed to have the moment of doubt where you're like, what am I going to do here? And then it's the reserved. Okay. The hell with it. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to help my friend Jericho and turn heel. He's it's a reluctant heel turn, but it's a heel turn. Oh, no, he missed. didn't even go reluctant in the third beat. In the third beat, he went completely embracing evil. Like, yes, when he did the that close, was the problem. It was like, ah, so it was like, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. This. Ah, like, yeah, so hey, it made it so yeah. it made it look facetious, even though it wasn't supposed to be. I don't think I think it was actually supposed to have more depth than it did, but it, it no, just, it was like a three hey, panel cartoon. Yes, it was just, it was just like, oh god. And then they almost kill Eddie Kingston, putting him through a table. Takes five guys. Oh to get my god, the dog, oh, dude, that that power bomb. Uh, it, it, Kingston was so lucky that he wasn't <laughs> just at a slightly worse angle because, yeah. like, man. That that looks so bad. Yeah, I just I oh, I, cr- I I cringed watching them try to get Kingston up, and then like w- the way he came down, I was just like, oh, oh, because I, don't I do like a, that because I do a beat by beat uh, recap of Dynamite. What am I missing here that I need to go over, Chris? Um, okay, well we Scorpio obviously still have Scorpio Sky. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Uh, is this the hot potato title? 
Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Because I no Sky is going to retain against Wardlow because MJF is going to resurface. The submarine is going to come up out of the water. Uh, like that's the whole reason why you have yes. this weird thing. Like MJF's going to cost Wardlow the title match. Do you think he costs Wardlow the title match, or he just takes control of the title? That's my question. No, I think he costs him because, the title match because because remember Wardlow, it, everything that Wardlow has belongs to MJF due to the contract, and he's not an official wrestler. So hey, even though you wrestled this match, you're not a wrestler with AEW, and I own you. So that that belt is mine. I think Sky might be a transitional champion. For no, 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 no. Sky hangs onto the belt because the MJF contract match is going to be the ring, the the uh, the uh, face of the revolution ring or whatever. Okay. It, for, for the contract. Oh, it, 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 yeah, yeah. MJF's going to want to get the ring. He's scheduled for the match though on Wednesday. So they're right. just gonna they're just gonna right. not do right. it. No, no, they're gonna do the match, and MJF is going to cost okay. him the title match on Wednesday because right. the feud is uh, is Wardlow trying to get his liberation from MJF. Um, and, and the leverage point here, like who has what that the other one wants. Um, Wardlow wants the contract, wants release being released from the contract. Obviously, MJF's not going to give that to him. MJF, greedy bastard, is going to want the big golden ring. Um, and that's that's the leverage point. That's what they're okay. going to feud over. Cool. Anything else in Dynamite you want to talk about? Um, do, 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 uh, I I don't think so. Um, okay. No, no. The, you know the acclaimed match was fine. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're fun. I it's, uh, it's just weird that, that that they and also that they just went to Layla Hirsch immediately and beat her right after the Statlander match. Oh, you know what? Uh, the Regal promo. Uh, I, I guess the one line that stuck out was I, like a sore thumb that I'm sure everyone's been talking about is the I don't have much time left line. Uh, do we do we know anything more that, about that? That got a bit of an uproar on wrestling Twitter today, but it turns out to be nothing, I think. Uh, I, it felt really out of yeah. nowhere. Well, yeah. well, basically what he was saying was he, you know, Regal, Regal liked his partying. Let's put it that yeah. way. He was one yeah, of the yeah. boys on the road. And he'd been doing it since he was 14. But Meltzer kind of got from Jericho that the the in indication. I'm not gonna say Jericho told him anything because I don't know for a fact, but that because Regal is the uh, host doing the usual exit interview from WWE on Talk Is Jericho this week, that he was gonna reveal some sort of health problem, and then Regal came out later today on Twitter and goes, "I've never felt better. My doctor says I'm very healthy. There's nothing wrong with me." So there's a bit of a scare there for about half half of today. Okay. Yeah. No. I. I. Well. I mean, and, and rightfully so, based off of what he said in the promo. I. I, yes. I cert- like. Like. I think you I heard just, that. Your eyebrow. I. I was just like. I. Maybe it's. I don't have much time. You know. Like. I, I, if anything, <laughs> when he was like, they're gonna you know be wheeling me around at the in the old folks home. I'm like Regal. Healthcare is like not that bad. I didn't realize people. he was 53 though. He's 50. That's, not, that's 53, young. 53. 53 is young. Right, yeah, like my, you know, my dad is seventy-one. He's got like had a knee replacement surgery. He's not like petering around the, but, uh, but that's the like, old folks' home. That's, that's yeah. like, I mean, when you think about how long he hasn't been a wrestler, I mean, that's like Michael Hayes as Doc Hendricks at thirty-five, and you just your mind is blown that they think people are old in their mid-thirties. Yet here's Sting jumping off of balconies and stuff at sixty-two, or however old he is. Yeah, um, I I loved that promo, even though. It was it was a little long winded, 
but just the, the it's it's the dad with two sons you my darling my favorite son my all a student oh how you name dropped me everywhere you went oh how you, you i found in the trash and i had to keep you <laughs> that kind of dynamic with mocks <laughs> I, I mean the the one thing that stood out to me is just the kind of complete abandonment of that we're gonna start a school and train all yeah. these young guys thing. Yeah. Like, like this is just a complete dropping of that storyline entirely and don't get goes, me wrong i i'm in for the baby face tag team i'm not faulting it i'm just observing that when people talk about Tony Khan as this master booker who like has all the gears in place and all the pieces and the dominoes all are perfectly in line or whatever. I think people are missing sometimes like the, the misses and the dropped beats, uh, you know, uh, Oh, Paige Van Zandt's coming after the, speaking of drop beats, Paige Van Zandt's uh, going to be back after. Oh, Tuesday that Paige Van Zandt, Ty Conti train wreck. That's going to be something that, that that's going to happen. But, but I wanted to bring up one other point about the whole regal thing is, is sure. we have another case here of the second overshadowing the act. In my opinion, don't get me wrong. Brian Danielson, megastar, John Moxley, megastar, but this, this is, is a just, William Regal act. This is what happens when you just throw together stuff without like, you know what I mean? I like all of these guys. Yes. But it's so clear that they don't know where this is going right exactly. now. Exactly. They have no idea where this is going. In, in, in the absence of direction, what has happened is we are all the most excited to see what Regal is going to do uh, because Regal's the new piece of the puzzle. Yes. We've seen Moxie be champion. Danielson has now been baby face and heel in AEW. Did that in under a year. Good for you. Um, so now Regal is the new thing. And Regal is now, I guess, the plot dev device here. And I I don't know that you can move the whole story through Regal. Like, and, like and, I, and now, I like him. I love him. He's great. What is he, 6'5"? I mean, he is a tall dude. I mean, it just overshadows, you know, I think he's a little tall. He's even taller than Mox. I'm not sure about that, but, but there, just... there's something there's something about Regal's reverence for Danielson does makes the height disparity thing. Not, yeah, 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 not relevant in the same way. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad he's not a commissioner or something though. I'd, I'd much rather have him be in a speaking role where he can cut promos. Oh, I, and that's why I'm not too hard about on him about this promo here. Was it a little yeah. long in the tooth? Sure. He sure. also has not done a loose form promo like this probably in the better part of 20 years. Correct. And yeah. he's going to have to get back into the groove of doing that. I, I liked him and once he, once up with he does that, once he does that. And also like, I can't wait for Regal on commentary. Yeah. Uh, there, there'll be great moments where he gets to be in the booth and being cheeky and fun. And I think he's going to be I a real delight. Just replace Starks who is okay. And Jericho on that Friday with Regal. I'll be fine with that. Oh my God. Give me Regal and Taz and Shivani. That would yes. be the greatest booth. That yeah. would be such a great booth. Cause because Shivani just would, wouldn't know what to do with himself. No. And Regal and Taz would oscillate from being ridiculous to talking in depth about wrestling and knowing everything yeah. about every wrestling hold. And, and I think they would actually have a good ability to sort of navigate between those two points. I'm yeah. so there for that. Yes, I'd, please. I'd be so there for that. Uh, I will uh, end my, because we're going a little long here, my thing on a positive note about WWE, actually. I adored both the Austin video response to Kevin Owens, even though, you know, even though it kind of played the hits for him, 
And also, the Pat McAfee video that was released on social media today is outstanding. It really is. He he has serious Diamond Dallas Page energy in yes. the sense that this is a guy who's getting started way late in life, but his promos are so good that, like, let's say he went to AEW and you put this guy on a three-year push. The dude's 34. I really believe with, like, a serious arc, a serious push, this guy would be as over as freaking anyone by the time he's 38, 39. Uh, he would be, like, a white-hot star. Um, sort of, like, with the national brand. Like, like the biggest star in wrestling, for real. Like, Pat, I, I know it sounds like a lot for Pat McAfee or whatever, but we've seen this guy... His enthusiasm hang- is genuine. That's it's genuine. And we've seen him hang in the ring with Adam Cole. He clearly has taken the training seriously. He clearly understands how to do a promo. He's good yes. on the microphone. Um, uh, Like, the things that he's maybe needs work on still selling for example other other things of that sort that stuff can be trained he's trainable um i i I just like pat mcafee is is a very impressive guy in in this business and and i wwe is never going to utilize him to his full ability um but if they did I really do believe he could be over like a Diamond Dallas page. Don't get me wrong. His, the the fight with Austin Theory was a little rough when he, I think he was trying oh, to do okay. a cross well, body. And my dude last week doing the promo was not not there. The no, there, there are times where he's not perfect, but that video is just so good. And he can talk. And that's, I mean. And he can get up for the matches. Too. He can get heat. He can be hated or loved. He's, I, I just, I adore the guy because it's like, He's the only thing that keeps me watching SmackDown, to be honest with you, at times, because it just, I don't know if he's going to just say something that ticks off the company to the point where he gets fired one week, you know, because he likes, he likes throwing in his little uh, references to his uh, pharmaceutical uh, activity. He likes- yeah, no, yeah, right. But between the marijuana references, let's go branded. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the guy's great. Like, but like for all the wrong reasons, but I, I mean, He's a loose cannon. He's a legitimate yes. loose cannon. Uh, in a show that is, you watch so that Ronda, Ronda Rousey in oh, Charlotte. The, the, my favorite moment in that promo tonight was the one where like the crowd was supposed to be chanting. You tapped out and Charlotte couldn't get the crowd there. So she goes, I can't hear you. And then she still couldn't hear them. And then like Rhonda would like have people like, yeah, they're all laughing at you. Uh, acting like the crowd had just like uproariously chanted at. I could see the WWE script in both of their heads with the brackets of crowd chants you tapped out, and they're both waiting for that beat to happen, and it never came. Pause for effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pause to get crowd reaction. <laughs> then Rhonda says the stage directions. That's what I was waiting for. Pause for chant. <laughs> Rhonda uh, smirks. Rhonda, Rhonda, Rhonda's face cracks as she emotes. Um, God, she's such a bad promo. It's so Dude, ridiculous. I have the new ankle lock promo was as dyna- it was like Tony Khan had, had possessed Ronda Rousey's body in terms of dynamism. How do you get somebody who had this much heat in UFC and not know how to generate heat with Ronda Rousey? Well, you insist that she's presented as a baby face instead of a heel, which she shows so obviously yes. should be. So obvious. Find your Misha Tate, you dopes. 
Uh, anyways, do you have anything else for the Lazy River? Um, well, let's talk about NXT. Uh, yeah, the, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. a lot of stuff happened in NXT this week, Hawkins. I, I know <laughs> you're like, oh, oh, it went, it, went, it went long or we're going long or whatever. Uh, it's just, you know? it's just NXT. When NXT it, is one of those weird things where I hate it, but there are things that are interesting on the show at the same time, like Dakota Kai and Wendy Chu. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let me get that victory cigar out. Who Go said, for it. Who said you did. Dakota Kai? Yeah, I did. I did. Nov said it. Nov said it. Not <laughs> not not anyone else. Everyone else is like, no. Nov was like, yes. Because because your your theory. I mean, because logic would tell you, okay, the comedy team ain't going to the finals. Nope. <laughs> and and Jen, just again, just like I told you last week, Fallon Henry was going to defeat Tiffany Stratton. Henley. Let's go the other. Let's go the other side of the bracket, though. In that Dusty Women's Classic, I thought that match over delivered a bit because Casey and uh, and 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 I always forget her name because I want to call her Lacey Lane. Uh Caden Carter. Caden Carter. Thank you. Um, I think this is possibly their best match in the Fed, again against Kaylee Ray and Io Shirai. Of course, it's going to be good, but they I mean, just Casey look like can... a team now. They they've clearly matured as a tandem. Yes. Yeah, and and look, I don't think Casey has many years left with this company. To be honest with you, I don't think she's main roster bound. I don't think people are going to remember her for from you know American Ninja Warrior, Obstacle Course, the the game show, whatever you're going to call it. Um, obs- it is. It's Obstacle Course, the game show. I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> but I thought you know. I thought maybe they might give them the win here. I thought maybe they might let them win the whole damn tournament for, for like a tag title shot somewhere or something like that. But, um, you know, Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray, of course, are fantastic, both of them separately. So together, they're great, too. Yeah, I, I mean, hard not to enjoy that team. Uh, they, they've got great chemistry. Um, Dolph Ziggler's the right guy for this world title. You know, he, he's an interesting pick and, and, and especially with Bobby Roode having also been an NXT champion, like this has, I have no faith in them to actually tell an interesting story with this, but this actually has the formulas or the pieces or the spare parts laying around where like, if you were like, ask me to sit down and draft this out, I could come up with something interesting with Ziggler and Roode. Yes. In the hands of a competent storyteller, this would be so fantastic because yeah. Ziggler could talk about how he had been at the top of the mountain on the main roster, how he, you know, push after push. He'd been through terrible rebrandings. Now he's coming down to see all these kids who are coming to take his job type of thing. And he's paired up with another veteran who never quite caught on how he probably should have. You know, they're the old gunfighters. I, I like that a lot. Um, Ziggler's just firm belief that he deserves to be in a main event somewhere, yes. even if it's not on like the main roster. And like that, the reason he wants this title is so that he gets the most TV time or something like that. Yeah. Or like let him cut Dolph promos. Don't give him beats or anything. Let's see what Dolph can do on a promo on his own and let's see what he does with it. I think he still needs a story to operate within because I know what Dolph Ziggler's default promo is. I've heard yeah, it a thousand right. times. I've you're heard a little it right. A, yeah. Yeah. I've heard it a bunch. Um, no, he, he needs, needs a manager. He needs prompts. Give him Bivens. Give him Bivens. The hell with it. 
Bivens managing Ziggler and Rude presented as NXT champions, like the legacy yes. champion in Bobby Rude and Zolf Ziggler as the champ, not as the dirty dogs. No, but lo- like in a different presentation, very intriguing. As I respectable have, veterans who have come in to slap around the kids, I just have no faith that they're going to no, go that route. I just don't. Nope. That said, again, I'm going to make a culpa this. L.A. Knight. I like him on this show. I do. I mean, he, he everybody poo-pooed him when he came back. They, oh, all he is is doing Rock and Austin style promos, blah, 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 blah. He has a connection with the audience. He absolutely works. Uh, he, he's a guy. Look, he is like Jeff Hardy. Uh, oh, who we also have not talked about, so I guess we should mention him too. Let, let, he, let's talk about that real quick. Dancing before you save your brother. Yeah, it was a momentary dance. Okay, here's the thing. Hawkins, <laughs> if you were getting beat up and like I, I came down, the crowd cheered for me, I'd real quickly wave to them as I'm running down and then I would make the save. Yeah, hey, like. Thanks, Chris. Well, no, I, it's not like, okay, you're going to take maybe one more punch, but do you really want me to like leave thousands of people Wait, hanging? The adoration. I need to soak it in. A lot for of people a like to see me hump the air. Like, you know, I, I have this signature air humping thing that I do. It's great. People love that. Can, can uh, I can I mention, that, though, that today on uh, Rampage, or, uh, yeah, on Rampage, again, we've fallen into the WWE trap where it's like they are dressing like they are 23 years old. And they, they got the music, the original music. Uh, the thing yeah. that really cracks me up is, like, Hardy was really excited in W... Jeff Hardy was really excited in WWE that he was able to use one of his weird oxygen songs uh as his theme song and then like the second he gets into aew they go back to what is the song that peroxygen just ripped off like the production music song from the mid 90s that everyone knows is a jam like everyone mm-hmm. like lo- no one knows the name of that song but like everyone knows that everyone's like this is a jam stock is music just- yeah yeah it's it's stock production music uh i Andrew Rich knows the name of the uh, production album that comes off of, but like it, it was just, yeah, it's just readily available stock production music. But like, this is the Hardys that everyone wants. And this is sort of the quandary too with the Hardys, which is that like, this is the Jeff Hardy everyone wants. And, and let's go back to your, to the LA night thing. There are some people who just connect with fans and it doesn't necessarily make sense. Like to me, Jeff Hardy, he is a very, He's a, he's a guy who's willing to commit on getting beat up. I'm not going to deny that. He 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 puts his body on the line. His selling is not necessarily the most emotionally connecting. His offense, to me, has never been particularly crisp looking. I don't think Jeff Hardy has a very good sense of storytelling in his matches. I don't think Jeff Hardy's a very good promo. Um, And people freaking love him. They yes. love him to death. Um, This is the same conundrum for a lot of people that i get that like a certain segment of the wrestling fan base just does not get with la Knight. there are gaps in la Knight's game no denying but the stuff that la Knight does is more than enough to get him through and like people love him he just can come out there and immediately connect with an audience in the same yeah. way that jeff hardy yeah he says yeah jeff hardy humps the air and people <laughs> love it like, like 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 i mean there are some people they just have this ability guys that's that's how it works that's how it is i think we can end there that's I'm, it i'm good 
It's been Shake the Rubs. You can follow me at Crap Game 13. You can follow Chris at DWATG. You can just follow the show at Shake Them Ropes, all one word. You can also find me over at Fight Game Media. I do a show called The Dynamite Show every Wednesday with Paul Fontaine. He of the man who asked about CM Punk's entrance and CM Punk roasted him. Talked about that this week. In the oh, well, I, you know, who, who, that, the theme song was very confusing. I, they, he, they played that. I, didn't even know who I the didn't guy either. was. Nope, nope. And, nope. and no, I saw I saw the man in the face. Did, I couldn't. I I get very dissociative when the, when the theme song does not match the person who walks through the curtain. It, it for me, oh, it's like Chris, not it being did able because to it was faces. a callback to his Ring of Honor days that that everybody knows. I just uh, it was. It well, was I'm razzing. I'm razzing all of you. But I know. Like, it, yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm sorry. I didn't realize it was a joke. I'm sorry. That's okay. I thought you were uh, no, I, no, no, no. It's it, it, at least you're apologizing to me. For I feel shame now. I feel no, shame. no. I wish. I wish. Don't it's worry Chris, about the government. Can be found coming. at DWATG on on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash DWATG on <laughs> iTunes and on Stitcher. And, and if you are in Lubbock, Texas, next Friday night, come on out to the Blue Light. Come and see your boy Novi playing with Logan Samford. In Lubbock, Texas. Uh, so, you know, if you're coming out for WrestleMania weekend in, in a few weeks here, why not come a few weeks early, drive five <laughs> hours in the wrong direction? I'd also like to thank uh, HelloFresh once again, HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. Free meals, free gifts. See you next week. Lubbock. Worst outro ever by you, Hawkins. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.